Hello and welcome to the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Today marks the 200th episode of the LDS Study Session, which I really am amazed by. Uh, you know, I began this podcast at the end of May, beginning of June 2019, uh, with the hope that I would be able to post on a daily basis, and I've managed to keep that there or thereabouts. The main goal of this really is to keep my study focused and make sure I'm studying every day, and I'm trying to get something, uh, you know, worthwhile from each and every study. Uh, and it has been fantastic because I've managed to get to this point. I've managed to keep pretty consistent with it. Uh, and here we are 200 uh, episodes later with the hope that this will continue. Uh, again, mainly for myself, quite selfishly. But, um, you know, if anyone else gains something from this, then this is, a, and it's, this is an additional bonus for me. And if anyone wants to share anything that they study, I'd love to hear it uh, on the usual platforms at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email session at gmail.com. So, I mean, I'm going to dive straight in because with this week, there's really not been an a, a opportunity to let up with um, the, the study of the book of Revelation. It's really a very deep book. Uh, and so we're going to look today at Revelation chapter 7. Uh, this is based on uh, the section uh, toward the end of the personal study section in the Come Follow Me manual for this week. We're looking at December the 9th to December the 15th, which covers Revelation chapters 1 to 11. Uh, and the study section uh, in the personal study part, which is entitled, The Restoration Preceded the Destruction That Will Take Place Before the Second Coming of Jesus Christ. And that is found throughout Revelation chapter 6 to 11. But we are, we're we going to focus today on Revelation chapter 7, uh, because that, this deals with a large in large part with the restoration, and I was intrigued by this. So uh, we start in chapter 1, uh, and it says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. What's interesting is that these four angels uh, represent a geographical fullness. So when you say the four corners of the earth, you're indicating it's the whole earth. Um, and so... Yeah, so, th so that's what these, the, the, having these four angels are, represent there. Uh, there's a quote by uh, Wilford Woodruff that I want to share with that. Uh, he said, quote, God has held the angels of destruction for many years, lest they should reap down the wheat with the tares. But I want to tell you now that the, those angels have left the portals of heaven and are hovering over the earth waiting to pour out judgments. And from this very day they shall be poured out. Calamities and troubles are increasing in the earth. There is a meaning to these things. Remember this and do reflect upon these matters. If you do your duty and I do my duty, we'll have protection and shall pass through the afflictions in peace and in safety. Close quote. What is interesting there is that once again, there is not an indication that he says that these things won't happen or these tribulations won't come, but we'll pass through them with peace and safety. Uh, and so that is what is being promised there. But then we see in verses two to three of Revelation seven, the beginning of the restoration. It says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of, God, of our God in their foreheads. Obviously, uh, there is um, an opportunity here to look at what who this angel could be. Uh, first four, obviously, of Latter with Latter-day Saints may go to Moroni, uh, an angel who is kind of putting forward a, a, a message in the last days to give the opportunity to have people be sealed. Uh, but of course, it could be a number of um, individuals or beings that uh, were part of the restoration process. Um, 
And of course, there is obviously the, the, the reference here to sealing, which of course has its own uh, connotations of uh, the temple ordinances and being sealed as, as individuals to our families forever as well. So a lot of uh, imagery here, uh, looking at the temple and looking at the restoration and, uh, and preparation for the second coming. And actually, this kind of temple preparation and temple imagery continues when we get to verses 9, 13, and 14. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and of kindreds and of people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, of the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Um, obviously, a lot of symbolism here uh, with this. Uh, Joseph Smith said this, um, that in, in the last days, individuals have, quote, uh, the op sorry, the, the opportunity uh, with this to, quote, signify sealing the blessing upon their heads, meaning the everlasting covenant, thereby making their calling and election sure. Um, obviously, when we have this uh, imagery of these uh, individuals clothed in white, uh, we often do think, I, I thought straight away of the temple, uh, but also today I was te had the opportunity to teach in primary uh, and we talked about baptismal clothes and why they're white and what that represents. And just, you know, that was a wonderful uh, discussion to be able to have, was the, the cleanliness and pure, pure, purity uh, that is uh, symbolized by, by, this, by these white robes. What is also important to note is uh, the number of people uh, that are there in that situation. Now, before this verse 9, we actually had 144,000 mentioned. And obviously there are some that believe this is a significant number in terms of number of people to be saved. Uh, but actually when you read verse 9, it's made quite clear. He beheld a great multitude, a, ma a multitude which no man could number. And these were the ones that were saved and purified and cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, the prophet Joseph Smith also said this, quote, There will be 144,000 saviors among Zion and with them and an innumerable host that no man could number. Oh, I beseech you to go forward. Go forward and make your calling and your election sure, close quote. So there is, you know, the number, the 144,000 is obviously an important part of this. But in terms of those that can be saved and have the opportunity to have their, their selves prepared before the coming of the Saviour, that, that, that will be an innumerable, an innumerable host, uh, which is obviously important. Uh, finally, in verses 16 to 17, we see some of the blessings that are available. It says, they shall, quote, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Um, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, in the April 2015 General Conference, um, gave a wonderful uh, message on this. He said, quote, God's promises are sure and certain. We can be forgiven of our sins and cleansed from all unrighteousness. And if we continue to embrace and live true principles in our personal circumstances and in our families, we will ultimately arrive at a point where we hunger no more, neither thirst any more. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed us, and shall lead us unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. Close quote. Um, the blessings of the air, they are available, and they are there for those that wash their, themselves in the blood of the Lamb who basically strive to follow the Saviour, keep their covenants, 
and live the way the Savior would. Uh, and this is, you know, the great message of the, of the book of Revelation, that every child of God has this roadmap, if you like, prepared, and a way forward if they will just invite the Savior through the door uh, and, in, and, oh, and welcome him, him in. I hope that you've enjoyed the study today. If there's anything you've been uh, learning, please share it at mattsroberts90 or email me uh, ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.